0: Iron japan hey everybody welcome back to gridiron japan it is autumn has well autumn has arrived in japan and john and i are sitting down tonight we got the windows open and we are sitting down tonight with colby campbell of your nojima rise and uh colby thanks for joining us buddy
1: yeah, of course. I'm glad for you guys to have me.
2: Yeah, Colby, you uh, you just arrived in Japan this season. You've had a, a bit of a circuitous route around Europe. Came out here, um, made a big impact in your first two games. Uh, your tackling ability and and your image makes everyone think of a, a younger, faster, good, better-looking BJ Beatty. <laughs> we can say that because he's not actually on the show tonight. Get away with <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, you've made quite an impact in your first couple of months in Japan. But can you just tell us first, how did you end up here? How did you find the X League or how did you get into the X League?
1: Yeah, so it's it's actually a pretty funny story. It's kind of almost a crash course of me getting here. Uh, as some people know, I was playing in Germany uh, two months ago. I was in the middle of the season and I saw that the X League didn't start until later on. So I was thinking, I was like, maybe... I could hit up a few teams, hit up a few players and whatnot and find my way onto a team after the German season. And so that's kind of what the plan was from the start. Um, Our team wasn't the greatest team in Germany. We had a lot. They uh, lost like 95 percent of the team to the ELF. So Mm -hmm. we were struggling, but we were uh, playing well. And the opportunity kind of hit up almost all the American imports that were already here. And a lot of guys hit me back saying, oh, we're full. We've had guys since spring, this and that. And Kurt actually responded to me. He was the first person to respond to me and said, yeah, we're looking for a, we're looking for a defensive player. Said, I'm not sure if we're looking for a DB. We already have a D lineman, which which was Phil at the time. And they just weren't sure. So we went on back and forth and it went from me contacting Kurt to two days later, I was uh, on a a zoom just like this with Ishii, Takashi and Josan, And they were just talking and, Kurt was like, yeah, you'll probably just have an introduction and then next week they'll see if they want to offer you. And they offered me that day and we're done. We're like interview. He's like, hey, uh, you willing to talk about contract? And okay, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So boom, we talk about it. And obviously you get paid a lot more here than you do anywhere in Europe. Hmm. So, um, you know, as a business standpoint for me, me being young, it was something I kind of had to do. I felt bad leaving Germany. But even the head coach, uh, Nadine, she was an up-and-coming coach. And she was like, look, chase your dream. You're young. I mean, it's a better opportunity. Do your thing. So that was uh, week four of the GFL. And I kept it on the down low for two weeks while I was still playing over there. And after our midseason game, I let the team know that I would be leaving. And then uh, I was on a flight to Japan two weeks later, and I landed here and
2: I've been playing since, so it's incredible how fast things move sometimes. But uh, like you said, yeah, you you have to take those opportunities. Nadine, of course, is Nadine Urasid, who is now actually I think a TV commentator. I think she might have finished with the Munich Cowboys, and she's yep. working on the NFL broadcast in Germany. She's the only she was the only woman head coach in all of yep. Europe. You know, you you don't see many women head coaches of a mid, men's team anywhere around the world. But uh, I think she spent some time she's like, she's pretty well known across the world of American football. She was with, I think Alabama, Nick Saban for a while doing there. And yeah, she's uh, an interesting, definitely an interesting thing. What was that like actually having a woman as a head coach?
1: Yeah. To, to be completely honest, going into it, I was like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I mean, because you're, you're used to, I mean, I've never even had a woman on the field other than the, the ATC, you know? And I went into it with an open mind and it ended up working out. Me and her became super close. She's a, she's the DC as well as the head coach. And I'm a pretty good defensive mind, I think, myself. And uh me and her kind of uh spitballed some ideas back and forth like throughout the season. And she took some of the, the knowledge I had and she was respectful and absorbed it and then she taught me some things that I didn't know um and gave me a different perspective on a lot of stuff. So we really went back and forth and not saying that we were like a tandem or I was a coach in her thing, but, uh, you know, she really – she respected me and my ideas, and she made that obvious, so it uh, made it a lot easier for me to respect her and do the things we needed to. And, I mean, I think she was a really good coach. I mean, the year before they went to the semifinal, and this year, I mean, she got dealt, I mean, the worst hand you probably possibly could have in the GFL, one of the best leagues in the world outside mm-hmm. of the U.S., obviously, and, uh, I mean, they didn't get relegated they uh continued fighting through the whole season, so I mean, I think she'd done a great job and i mean i enjoyed my i loved it there
2: there are some good coaches in europe i'm um, the only non american that's ever coached in the x league is German as well frank roser um oh. I think he's a friend in eighteens as well, so he's been with various teams in the g f l and e l f as well but you said you uh you did that zoom with the rise coaches and g m and Kurt the Kurt that you were talked about obviously is your quarterback yeah. Um, sure, sure. So did Kurt say why he got back to you? Because like, even as you were saying before we came on air, once you're here, you get contacted almost daily by other players wanting to to Japan because the opportunity Mm -hmm. is so good. Um, Did Kurt give any reason why he he got back to you as opposed to, or does he just get back to everyone? Is he just a nice guy?
1: Yeah, I think uh, like a lot of the guys uh, that I reached out to that are still playing, like they'll respond to you and be like, hey, sorry, like we have guys, you can try and hit this person up. And they're like, it's on to the next kind of thing. Yeah. Um. But Kurt, he saw, said he saw my message. And then I have highlights on my Instagram that are like for – uh, those are like social media highlights, but I have actual tape on YouTube of like, cut. it's not the music and all the flashy stuff. And he was like, yeah, I watched that. And he was like, I think you're a hell of a player. And me and him had got on a FaceTime the day before – I did the interview with them and me and him just chopped it up and talked about stuff. And he was like, yeah, I could tell like, you were a really good guy. And in the message I'd sent him, I was the only American captain in Germany uh, Mm -hmm. for the Cowboys. I was the head captain of the team and I was an American. So he was like, we need a leader here like that. We've we've lost a lot of the older guys and we think that we could use you because you're a versatile player on defense. And then uh, he was like, yeah, your film stuck out to me. And our conversation did as well. So I feel I felt as if that you were somebody that I could push forward to uh the higher ups and maybe make something happen.
2: And so those higher ups then when they were talking to you on that Zoom meeting, were they they didn't ask for a tryout or didn't want to fly you out or anything? They just went off that same film, was it?
1: Uh yeah. So Kurt had asked me if I'd be able to come for a tryout, but I was obviously I couldn't because I was in season. Hmm. Um I couldn't risk, you know. Being like, yeah, uh, Nadine, let me leave for two weeks to go try out in Japan and then accept me back. Um, You know, it probably wouldn't have worked out ideally. So I was like, yeah, man, like I can't – I was like, I can go to the field and whatever drill you need me to do, I can get my buddy uh, Kevin to uh, video it. Whatever you need me to do, I'll get it to you. But, I mean, I I can't. I like – I have a game this weekend. I have a game in four days and then I have another game. And if you guys don't want me, I have a place to stay. But if you guys want me, obviously, it's something I'll do and leave.
2: So immediately then you got that contract offer and you took it. How was the process of getting a visa? Was that smooth or did it take time? Or When did all this stuff happen with the um, when did you get the contract from them? And when did you agree to come out here? And how long did it take before you were actually out here then? Yeah,
1: um, it was less than a month. I, um, I think it happened. So far. I think it was expedited just because I was in Germany rather than in the U.S. I think it was a little bit quicker process. Um, but after that, I, I think I applied for my visa the 1st of July. 1st? Somewhere around that first week of July. And they were like, we're going to set a tentative date for the 20th to get you here. And I was like, all right, I got three weeks-ish to, you know, make something happen. And two weeks later, I went to the Japanese consulate. Uh, gave them my passport, gave them all the paperwork. They uh approved me two days later. And Ishii was like, uh, so how soon can you get here? And I tried, I did try to stay another week to play a game because they were playing one of the teams that was facing relegation as well. But uh they said, I got a I got my my travel visa the 19th. I called them the nineteenth and said I just got my visa. They said, "Can you leave tomorrow?" I said, "Well, yeah." I said, "Well, yeah." I guess I'm leaving tomorrow. (laughs) So I immediately went home, packed my bags, and uh, my buddy uh, Kevin Ransom, who I mentioned earlier, he was one of my he was the safety there. He came over to my house, helped me pack, and then next morning we stayed up all night to uh, watch the sunset at the highest point in uh, Munich, and then we went to the airport together, and then I slept on the plane the whole way here. So.
2: It was One a very I, very
1: quick turnaround.
2: I was I was looking at your stats in the GFL. One thing I found really funny was in your the last game that you played there, you also carried the ball ten times for a five point four yard average and two touchdowns. What was going on there? <laughs> was that like so, a present or something? So, we uh our
1: starting running back got hurt uh, two games before, and I was playing tied in uh throughout the season for blocking, and then. I played in the our preseason game. I had two receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown, hmm. um, but that's not on there because it's a preseason game. But I was I was there for offense, but I was only going to be used when they absolutely needed me. In um, that last game, our starter wasn't playing. We had we brought a guy up from the GFL two team, and then we had another kid, and he got hurt. He came out of retirement for that game because the starter got hurt. He tore his ACL that game. So we're we're playing with the GFL 2 running back. Wow. Great kid, but I mean, he's playing in the first league, and this is his first year, so he's not as productive as you would want. And I looked at Justin, which was our OC, who ended up playing quarterback. He went from OC the whole season to the relegation game. He's like, I have to play quarterback for us to, like, not get relegated. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a whirlwind. But they th- – because I played running back in high school as well. I played a little bit of fullback at Presbyterian. And uh, I said, yeah, you give me the ball. I- I'm going to fall forward for five yards at least every play. And uh, I did. And then we had two touchdowns and we ended up winning the game. And that was kind of the game that saved them from relegation. So, uh, I've been trying to get them to let me play some O, um, some tight end, some running back stuff. But uh, they're not really going for it as much as I would hope.
2: But, there's but we're going to a- keep pushing that, that yeah, there's a history of it in Japan, but usually when players do it, they just switch completely, you know. Treshawn Nixon obviously has been MVP a couple of times and, you know, one of the best. He was an edge rusher, basically linebacker for years, and he was an all-X, all, all X, so one of the best players in Japan at that. Brandon Berry, who was a linebacker for Challengers, went down to Suns and they switched him in and he was rushing for like 10, 11 yards a, a clip down in one yeah. area. You know? So there, there's history behind it, but I mean, in Japan... It's it's not maybe in Europe, you can get away with that, like playing, you know, both ways and all four special teams and being coordinator yeah. <laughs> and water boy and film guy and everything. But here it's a bit more organized. So like there. Yeah, no uh, so just actually on that point, like you played in Finland, which is also one of the better leagues in Europe, the uh, Kuopio Steelers, I think it is. The, yep. And then you played obviously for the Munich Cowboys and now you're in Japan. So, how did you, how have you found the differences between the three leagues in terms of level, organization, off the field, on the field stuff? So, I mean, we talk about this a lot, you know, and it's, uh-huh. this gets a kind of big topic because we're getting like the Mexican leagues are weighing in, saying they want to play the Japanese teams and the ELF is, you know, some of the general managers like Ryan Fire. And then, so there's a lot of going over and back about which league is the best and thing, but uh-huh. for you who's played, On different teams in different countries. What struck you most about here and what are the differences that you found?
1: Yeah, uh Japan's the most applicable and like replicated of football in the US. Um what I've what I've come to notice, and this is no like down talk on Finland or Germany or anything, loved it, great leagues, but the the games played through the four Americans in those two leagues. Hmm. Here, like, yeah, your Americans are featured players and you're going to get them the ball and, like, let them make plays, but your offensive scheme isn't built around your two offensive players, you know? Um, and Finland, it was our running back, give the ball to Ant and go do your thing, dude. And am. American quarterback, you have free reign, change whatever you need to change, completely change the scheme, change the play, boom, touchdown, all right, we're happy.
0: It it sounds like more sand – I hate using even the term, but more sandlot. No, it is.
1: um, Yeah. Completely, especially on defense. Um, You're looking at offensive schemes. You're looking at the O-line and it's power, but it's never hitting where it's supposed to hit. So you'll go and you'll go with a pulling guard and you'll fit where you're supposed to fit and the ball never hits there. It's like you run power, but the guy did a 360 like a high school player and now he's running down the opposite sideline. So it's, uh, it was for me, I like it a lot more here so far because I feel like I'm playing more organized football. Hmm. It's more more applicable to my skill set. I was a good football player, not because I was like a super good athlete in college. I mean, I think I'm pretty athletic, but my understanding for football and like getting to the ball is where I thrive. And in Finland and Germany, it's kind of like, all right, Colby, we're running a, three, two today, play a little bit deeper and just make the tackle. Uh, it's cover three, but we just want you to sit in the middle of the field and then make the tackle if it's thrown anywhere else. So it was – like you said, it's it's Sandlot, but there's organization and there's good, there's good players. There's yeah. really good players. Um, but that's another difference between here and there. The guys here are coached. They're coached really, really well compared to some of the guys in Europe where – You know, you find a guy who's played at the third league in Finland for four years, and then he comes to the first league, and he's a good player, but he's just a raw athlete who's more athletic than everyone else. Um, Here, you know, you have guys who are athletic, but they understand football. Like, obviously can't speak Japanese, but if I sit down and type something out and ask one of these guys a question here, they're going to be able to give me a good football response the coaches Mm -hmm. are going to be able to give me a response that the coaches in the States would have gave me. Um, In Finland and Germany, it was sometimes not so clear. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though you don't have the language barrier, there's a barrier of the knowledge of um, football overall, I think
2: right i think that's obviously you know japan has the college system and it has the high school system and it has the same kind of system as the states and canada and mexico Mm -hmm. you know whereas in europe you know there's club teams so you have maybe juniors and stuff but it's not at the same kind of organized level and here you have a lot of the coaches are you know they've been playing with and against college teams since the 1950s us d1 team so like that the knowledge is deep here and and Mm long-standing um but like I mean, you were saying there that you, you're an athletic player, but I'm just wondering why you haven't gotten to the quarterback. I see a big zero in your in your sacks <laughs> stats. So what's going yeah, on?
0: Yeah, man. There? You know, um, I wasn't gonna go there, but John wanted you to. Know,
2: they, I'm always going there. I'm always going there. <laughs> hey, there's a
1: there's a big quote that I live by um, that says, uh, "People lie, numbers don't." But. <laughs> that's in the us and i'm on the opposite side of the world so maybe we flip that and say uh people don't lie and numbers do um <laughs> but the tape says otherwise uh i think i have a few under my belt when uh when i release the highlight tape the number will be there for you uh okay. you can watch that at the end of the season and it'll say how many i have
2: it was kind um, of funny this week. We had you, me guys on Fujitsu and Panasonic. All the D-line guys were complaining this week about yeah. the same, issue, you know, and it's for people who don't know, it's to get credited for a sack in Japan. You literally, the quarterback has to be essentially immobile in the pocket without holding the ball it's in two hands and looking downfield like a statue. And if you hit yeah. him, then you will get credit for a sack. But if he lifts his, if his heel comes off the ground, He's a runner, and you're not going to even get that sack at all. Yeah, so I TFL. Guess,
1: you know, I got a lot of TFLs, though. I got a lot of TFLs.
2: Yeah, yeah. You'll get that, but you won't get uh, – getting credited for sacks is is an issue, especially, like, one thing, you know, players sometimes have bonuses and stuff in their contracts about yeah. – you know, it's it's another issue. They don't realize that when they come here, and uh, it, it becomes a, an issue sometimes between players and teams. So that's – it's one of the uh, – unique points we'll say about the x league but um yeah of course the first two games you went up against panasonic and Obic, uh mm-hmm. right it was panasonic and Obic, right yeah 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 so you're you're on two but you you fought against you know say two of the three strongest teams in the world traditionally over the last decade so you know that's i said th- i had to beat Obic because i thought you guys looked really really good in this in the spring i was kind of surprised mm-hmm. that that game didn't go your way, but I think Obic maybe are better than I thought too. Um, but tra- I mean, traditionally, Rise, you know, r- rarely take wins off either of those teams. Almost never, I think, off Panasonic, and, and very rarely off Obic. But um, defensively, like we were, we talked about this, you probably listened in on the thing. We thought you were doing really good. It has just hasn't been there offensively yet. But what did you f- going up against teams like that? So you're you're saying probably you haven't faced teams like that in Europe. Um, what did you think of the two teams that you've played so far from your point of view anyway? Yeah. I
1: mean, I think they're great teams. They have great schemes. Um, The way they do stuff is, um, you know, it works. I Mm -hmm. like we've talked about it a lot. Um, You know, these past two weeks, I don't think we've necessarily uh, like just been flat out beat. I think a lot of the stuff we've beat ourselves in. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, especially the Panasonic game where turnovers, uh, a lot of miscues, a lot of uh, us just shooting ourselves in the foot, and that's not taken away with uh, what the teams did against, against us. I mean, that day they were the better team and they beat us. It's flat out like that. I mean, we lost, but, but the margin
2: forever is smaller, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. And here, uh, compared to what it's been in the past, the team, the two teams we played, if we mess up, they exploit it. I mean, it's yeah. it's points off of turnovers. We're turning over on our side of the fifty. The kickers here are phenomenal compared to anywhere else I've played, obviously, other than the state. So, I mean, you give them the ball inside the 40, you're almost giving up three points automatically. So, um, the great teams. I think they do a lot of good stuff. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I think we did a lot of stuff that um, internally hindered us from doing uh, what we could have done.
0: Mm.
1: But I also think that comes with um, – we got so many new guys we're a young team like we do have our we have our veteran core we have our older guys but uh there's a lot of young guys on the field at one time and I mean even for me uh KV and Phil I mean this is our first year in Japan there's a lot of stuff lost within um I guess not translation Hmm. but like I said I was talking to BJ and there's two mistakes that actually the two plays where um I think it was Dax caught the seam, and then last week where um, he also caught the seam. Both of those were me busting the coverage. Um, Those were two plays that were second and long, third and long, and it's something that we did in practice that didn't necessarily come to light because it never got exposed in practice. And I had thought that I was doing it correctly the whole time, and then I get pulled to the sideline. hey, you were supposed to do it like this. So it's just something that was lost in communication. Um, obviously if they were like English speakers, like I would have been able to go back and forth because it would have been more so, Hey, Colby, watch this Mm -hmm. rather than, Oh, you're doing fine. Cause you know, they really don't say much to us until you mess up, which is, which is completely okay. And I understand, which is how it always is. Um, but there's just some things that are lost within the coach player because we don't have any American coaches and. I think two of our coaches speak English, yeah. so we uh we don't always have our translator there during the week, so we lose off on a lot of stuff, and that's not me making an excuse at all. There's no excuse for it, um, but I mean, it just goes to show, like, even though, like, personally, I think I'm playing great ball right now, and mm. I've been told by a lot of people I'm doing well, but, you know, it's it's stuff like that that's I can own up to and say it's costing us games. So, like, if I'm making mistakes, I know other people are, and we just have to, you know, grow from that and accept those, move on, leave it in the past and uh, move forward to the next game, really.
2: Especially here because you'll get plenty of chances for revenge. You know, it's the top teams, the top uh, half of the league will go into the, the playoffs. You're almost – even though you're 0-2 and it's a five-game season, you're probably expected to win your last three and, and go through. Yeah, of so of course. You, you get a chance to shot maybe at those guys again. But um, – about the scheme that you, I I also said that I mean you stood out to me right away from game one. I, the, the, well, the first thing I noticed was like they sent you off the field with something with your pants to kept pointing at your pants. What was that about?
1: So, I've I haven't wore hip pads since high school. Ah, okay. hip pads and butt pads. That and makes sense. What really upset me, I guess, not upset me, it pissed me off a little bit. The Panasonic running back was the person who pointed it out. He's like yelling at the ref and the kids like pointing at me and obviously he's saying it in Japanese, but I assume he's like, he's, he doesn't have hip pads. He doesn't have hip pads. And then Yoshiki, he comes over and he's like, pull your shirt down, pull down, pull down. So I'm like trying to pull my shirt down over my hip so they can't see. So then the ref is like filling, and he's like, and I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know. I don't know. So then he blows the whistle and I'm like, all right, I'm caught. Yeah. So they sent me off and we had to like cut uh, some pads real quick and throw them in. But I wore a girdle last game because I got in trouble for it. So uh, we won't have that problem anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah. it's uh, They call the NFL the no fun league, but like Japan is like, you know, you spin the ball, you spike the ball, you're going to get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So or if like, you look,
0: or even sometimes if you even look the wrong way, yeah, uh, you DG, might get it.
2: DJ loves telling the story where he hit a guy, he tackled a guy and he got flagged for it because the rest of it, he hit him too hard.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about that story.
2: <laughs> the tackle was legal, but it was just too hard. It was it just, just too yeah. To Excessive
0: too contact, hard. huh?
2: Excessive contact, yeah. That that would be a good name for it, you know. Yeah. Excessive force. Um, yeah. Well, that's.
0: I mean, you know what? And Colby, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna ask you in terms of just your experience, and you've only been here a short time. Yeah. So adjusting to the the Japanese way of doing things. How you doing? How is it? Is it? It's. I know it's got to be a day by day thing. Um, because I've been, I'm there myself. John's been here 20 years, but even for John, it's a day by day for you. What's the experience been like?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, so far it's so good. Uh, one of the things, I mean, I come from a very conventional background, uh, conventional and conservative, uh, back in the States. And like, are we talking, we're talking about like day to day life, right?
0: Yeah. Just ge- and yeah, life okay, in yeah, general. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So here Japan's very conservative. It's very traditional. It's very like strong with its values. So that appeals to me in the way that, like, so like talking on the bus, talking on the train and stuff like that in Germany, it's literally a party on the train whenever you're doing anything. Like people are running around going crazy, like music, drinking. And here it's like, everyone's super quiet, respectful and stuff. And, you know, I'm okay with that. If that's what your country does, then I'm going to respect your values and stuff. But yeah, it is hard when we're coming home for practice or something. Like we're watching college football and, you're like showing the guys or talking and everyone's like looking at you funny. So, you know, it gives and takes, uh, it's different. It's a, it's a lot more relaxed. It's not, uh, from what I've realized, it's not like go, 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 go. There's a side of it that is, but at the same time, it's not, um, like going places. It's like, yeah, this could take two hours or this could take 30 minutes, but it really doesn't make a difference how long it takes. Um, on that side of things, like, life outside of football is awesome. I mean, I love the guys. I've hung out with a lot of the Japanese guys. When I first got here, we went out, they showed me some like, you know, like Japanese things that they do for fun and whatnot. And like, I really enjoyed it. And then on the football side of things, I mean, football is great. I mean, obviously losing two games isn't ideal, but I mean, I'm starting to make friendships that I like never thought I could. I mean, some of these guys I'm, super close with and I can't even understand what they're saying. Like we don't have like a spoken relationship, but just by actions and like talking and like bumping in each other, smiling and stuff. Like I'll say like a few phrases in Japanese that make zero sense. And then they'll like make fun of it. And then like say something they see in like a movie in English <laughs> and like, I'll be like, "Ah, oh, you got me there. And I mean, it's good. The people are great. The food's amazing. Um, but I mean, I haven't I haven't had anything to really complain about so far. I mean, football's good other than the fact that we're 0-2, but I mean, practice is fun, the games are fun, the guys have good spirits, and I mean we continue to work. It's not like we're sitting here 0-2, like all oh, the season's over. Like where we're in practice, we're running around having fun, energy's high, and we're like determined to finish it out undefeated, you know?
0: Right. And there's and Like with your folks back home, are they able uh, or or did they get all hooked up with the streaming service to to be able to see you play live?
1: Yeah, they are. So my parents, I've I probably have one of the best support systems in the world. um, And I'm extremely thankful for it. My parents uh, haven't missed a game of mine since I can remember. And my mom. She hates it because they're like, we can just watch it in the morning. But my dad makes my mom wake up in the middle of the night and watch the games. <laughs> and he's like, we got to watch it live. We got to watch it live. And um, I'm like, Dad, you know, like, y'all can just watch it when you get up on Sunday and watch it like before or after church. Like, it's no problem. He's like, nah, I'm going to watch it when you play. I want to see it live. And then they'll text me after the game and stuff or send me stuff and be like, hey, we're going to bed. Love you. Great game. Proud of you, whatever. Um, but they're actually coming out here. Um, and for the Dentsu game,
2: they've
1: never, they've never left the United States. And the first place they're going to go is Tokyo, Japan. Oh,
0: wow. They're,
1: they're very, uh, they're very homebody-esque. I think, uh, they've been all around the U.S. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force. My mom traveled a lot, but, uh, they, they got their passports to come to Germany and they're like, oh yeah, Germany's fine. They speak English. like, it won't be too much of a culture shock. But then, obviously, I end up here, and they're like, oh, we don't know. But um, my uncle helped them out with flights, and they got almost a two-for-one. They got a free flight. So they're going to come out and uh, spend a week here and come to one of the games. So super excited about that. And, you know, they they haven't seen me play a professional game yet because Finland, Germany, and now here. So they'll be able to see me play my first game since I graduated from Duke. So super exciting.
2: Yeah, you'll have. Uh, they'll love it. They'll have a great time. I have uh, parents the same as yours. Hardly ever traveled. Came out here and just didn't want to go back. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, I was really worried about it. The same, like, how are they going to handle all the stuff? And it was just like they were just flying into it, loving it. But um, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I get a lot of the players actually who are out here, their parents do come out to see them, just because it's it's such an experience and such an opportunity to go somewhere that you uh-huh. never would. But uh, just your life in japan that you've been talking about i think we should tell people they can check it out you have a youtube channel and you've got i think three videos so far maybe of your first two games and the off week and everything so there's Mm -hmm. some really interesting stuff there rise players we haven't really got to see a lot of what goes on behind the scenes at rise in in the past so it's it's great to see what's going on there and just you know on touching on like the life in Japan and the life of a football player, you know, we, you were saying earlier how the salaries don't compare between Europe and here. But the other thing is it's only five, se- five games, right. The regular season is five games. Yeah. Long. You've got two weeks between games and rise. Maybe is not as heavily staffed as we'll say Panasonic or Fujitsu or maybe OBIC, you know, you, like, I think I remember there was, there was no O-line coach maybe a few years ago there, even uh Devin Gardner who who does I don't know if you know Devin Gardner
1: yeah the quarterback from uh Michigan
2: yeah he was a rise quarterback for for a while so he he was there and he was trying to do a lot of the online stuff I think himself as well even though he had no experience at it so but still like maybe compared to Finland or Germany you know there's there's a lot more support stuff but how how is that mm-hmm. physically I, I'm interested in the physical side of it because Germany is just like bang 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 like you know week in week out they're playing games and the Japanese guys who've gone over to play in Europe have been shocked by having to do the taping themselves, having to do the rehab themselves, you know, like there's there's nobody there to... Everything is on the players.
1: Yeah. But like
2: here, like the film, the film work and the medical side of thing, like we expect it to be a lot better, like closer to what you have in the States. But how has it been physically for you? Um, Just with the way the system works here. Do you feel like you're you were able to get yourself right for games with two weeks in between and all the rest of it, or how is that? Oh yeah.
1: I, I feel phenomenally better than in Germany. I mean, in Germany I played what six games in six weeks and then came straight here and got a month off before I had to play again. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it kind of played to my advantage. I came here like in game shape. Um, So all the conditioning and stuff just helped, but two weeks is great for me. Uh, Knock on wood, I've never sustained a bad in- injury. Um, I've never missed a game, but I, uh, you know, it's it's great. I get a week. So, so, like, the week after the game, what I normally do is I lift super heavy. Um, so I can I can keep my strength. I can keep my speed because if I lift heavy, so say, we like, Saturday, we'll play Saturday. Hmm. Next week, I'll lift 90% of my max, and I'll get after it. I'll be sore as could be all the way up to practice, and then, you know, we'll practice that weekend and then like this week it's more uh speed related explosive stuff. And I mean, I feel like right now I feel great. I feel primed to play. Um, and even if you do get some uh, bumps, bruises or nicks or anything, I mean, you have two weeks to get over it. I mean, you have plenty of time to, I mean, obviously yeah. I haven't had anything, but if, if something happens, I mean, you got two weeks to get right in the States. I mean,
0: right. Well, well you're not, you're, you're not looking just, at the calendar between games going. Yeah. You know, you, you your in between time games is not measured. It's measured in days, weeks, not in hours as it is in the States.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's not – I mean, I could not do anything for a week and a half here. And, I mean, obviously I get treatment and whatnot if something were to happen. But, I mean, after that you get two two weeks of treatment before you have to play again. Um, You're looking at five to six days and – Finland, Germany, the U.S. to Hmm. sometimes 14 days here, you know, and I mean, six, seven days make a huge difference with something that's nagging you. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things we talked about the other day. I mean, one of the great things about like how you said the pay, I mean, you're getting paid two, three times more for a quarter of the games. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's ideal for longevity and whatnot. I mean, if I was playing in, Europe for the next six years, I'd end up playing who knows how many games, probably almost 100. Yeah. Um, but here I do that. I mean, the most I'll play is what, like 48. Uh, so, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a lot better on your body. So, I mean, it keeps you more healthy and longevity is a big thing, especially in this sport. Um, from, not, from what I understand here, I mean, the longer you're here, the more you're getting paid. So, I mean, we want to stay healthy as long as we can.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, um, like the coaches, there's all kinds of sides to it. It's not just the physical. Like the coaches who are here talk about how, you know, they can see their families more than they would if they were coaching college football in the States. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, the the time off and especially for people like you and Philip and and, uh, Chris who are out here, you know, new in a country like this, it gives you an opportunity to, you know, go explore and go places. You have time to do that. But what is your... For Rise, what is the your practice schedule like? You know, what way do you work it now? What kind of how often are you with the full team? I mean, you guys are fully paid pros, so you're not working part-time jobs or anything like that. No, right. No, you, no, you're, no. you're just football players, right? Yeah, so, only football. Um, obviously that means you're like you said, you, you have your own lifting schedule and your own workout schedule. But how much work do you get to do with the team either on the field or like we say Zoom meetings, or how often do you get to meet with your DC or your position coaches or anything like that? So
1: yeah, so um, Tuesday and Thursdays are kind of the, if you can make it, make it. If, if you can't, obviously you have work, it's fine. Um,
2: is that evening? It's kind
1: of, uh, no, this is during the day. But this is, so the the Tuesday, Thursday, there's, because we share with uh, Stella, Nojima, Stella. we share our facility with the professional soccer team. Mm. Um, but on Tuesday, Thursday, we have the whole facility from one to five. And that's almost uh like a float lift, float meeting. Um, if anyone needs to do a one-on-one with the coach or you have if you want to do a one-on-one, you come in and do that. And it's not mandatory, but the Americans we kind of like it's we we make it mandatory for ourselves because okay. I mean it it's almost obliged. I mean, we don't pra- we only practice on the weekends, so we practice Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. um, in the mornings. So we do that. And then there's occasionally if we need to install something or something we didn't cover within a meeting, we'll have a, a Zoom meeting late at night. Um, I think the offense does a few more. Um, I think Chris had two meetings this week. So it's just dependent on what what the coaches feel like we're lacking or what we're messing with or, like, need to change, tune up, this or that. So it's really four days of, uh, like, rise stuff through the week. But, I mean, we lift by ourselves every other day. Um, but yeah, we have, I mean, we have, uh, I think it's Tokyo university. That's where the rise house is. It's probably a 20 minute walk <clears throat> and they kind of let us, if we want to go to the field, they'll let us go to the field and do what we need to do. Um, but I mean, I think it's a pretty good setup. Um, we practice twice a week in Europe and then here it's just twice on the weekend, but it makes here what I like about it is since it's on the weekend, like, everyone shows up
0: Hmm.
1: when we were in Germany, we'd have a a Thursday practice before a game and have like 10 people on defense there and like not even have the full 11.
2: Yeah. It's, you know, we we talk a lot to the fans and players and in Europe as well. And, you know, obviously they're rightly proud of the, the game and the teams that they have there as they should be, you know, but um you know they, their idea of you know what they could do against Japanese teams, I think, is always inflated because they don't fully understand like just how organized it is here. Oh, they don't. Yeah, in terms of scheme and stuff. So you have these meetings with your coaches, like you were saying. So you like how, how have you been finding your own position on the field here and the scheme and stuff like that? Does it suit you, or I mean, do you ha- do you get any input in that, or is it just like in America where the coaches decide and and that's it? Like, or when and I first it's got like, here. Yeah. It's not like you said, like with the quarterback can change scheme at will in, in Europe, you know. So yeah. how much input do you get and do you think the scheme suits you? Or like what you know, how much input do you have in those meetings, even will say?
1: Yeah. Um RDC does a good job of communicating with me. Um and you know, I think he takes a lot of what I say. If I have a question or concern, I I think he takes it to heart. Um, he gives us a scouting report every week and then I watch my film and then I send him a little scouting report that I do on myself that, uh, like some of the points he may not have, uh, thought were, you know, big enough to put in, but it's just something I did like since I was in college mm-hmm. and he'll take that. And then he'll reply, like, if you likes like something like, Oh, really good. I'll put this in, uh, and send it to the team or yeah, I'll look at this when I'm calling plays now, this will help me a lot. I appreciate it. And then even. In practice, if we're, you know, running a coverage or something against a play or a formation or a set, I'll be like, hey, um, I don't really think that's the best. What do you think about this? And then, you know, he'll look at it and then he'll either say, oh, yeah, let's change it or I think this will work. And then if you don't want to change it, all right, well, then let's play it. Let's do it. And, I mean, I have no problem with that. And he's changed, I guess, not changed the scheme, but – a few things we've done or do to certain sets and whatnot, he's changed around because I've like spoken up and he's like, Oh yeah, I like that a lot more than what we were doing. I didn't think of that. So I think there's the respect aspect of obviously he knows I've played football at the highest level for, I mean, my, my entire life. So, I mean, there's plenty of stuff he can learn from me and there's plenty I can learn from him. Um, But I think that's what makes coaches good. Mm -hmm. I mean, Coaches in the U.S., if you listen to the players and take their feedback to heart, I mean, you're going to have a, a much more uh, cohesive unit uh, as a team because there's a the respect. I feel like I could talk to you. You can talk to me. It's not like you're the boss. You do whatever. I'm going to have to do whatever you tell me. There's a right. mutual respect for one another. So I think that's uh, that's how it's really been for us.
2: Yeah, every single person you meet in life knows something that you don't know, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter who they are there's something that they know that you don't know so you can learn you can learn something from everyone you meet but um obviously it's going to be a little difficult to ask like what are your your long term plans you're just a few months obviously in japan um yeah. but uh so far like you said you've been you've been finding it fairly good so uh what are your targets? would say for the rest of the season on a personal level. Obviously, for the team, you want to you know get to the playoffs and and maybe yeah, of course, we can rise a first championship in twenty years or like in the team's actual history because the previous one was was under a different iteration of the team. But um, on a personal level, like what are you looking forward to over the next couple of months? And uh, you have a, I don't know your own contract or how much you want to say about it, like whether they run through December or probably January. Uh, January third is the last game of the season, so some teams kind of have contracts that end earlier, (laughs) which (laughs) they don't want to publicize because obviously it doesn't look good if they think their player is going to be leaving before, you know, the end of the season. But um, yeah. yeah. uh, Just uh, on a personal level and on a, on a playing level, what are you looking forward to over the next few months?
1: Yeah. So uh, I actually have a whiteboard right in front of me. It's kind of like my like vision board. And I got here July 21st is when I wrote this on here and it's my goals and first one is lead the X league in tackles, which I think I could do. Um, Obviously all X league rookie of the year. And then um, if possible, you know, rookie, rookie of the year, MVP, obviously MVP, but um, I don't, from what I hear, the X league is very political. So I don't know how, you know, uh, applicable MVP is for a rookie, but I mean, that's really what I'm shooting for. And, uh, You know, I think I have the possibility to do it if I keep doing what I do. um, I'm playing good football, but obviously, like I said earlier, there's there's things that I'm that I'm messing up with, and I'm still playing good ball even though I'm you know screwing some stuff up. So if I can, you know, iron out those wrinkles, I think I have a good chance of uh, compete with some of the best guys that have been here for a while and uh, give them a run for the money for it. You know,
2: Uh, have you gotten to talk to any of the Americans on the other teams? Obviously, you meet you met BJ, but you know, BJ is everybody's dad now that he's. Retired. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but how, about, how about any of the guys who are, whose bodies are still, you know, able yeah, to do. It? So I talked to,
1: obviously when we scrimmage, uh, for G2, I talked to all, all those guys afterwards, um, talk to the guys at the deers afterwards. And then, um, we actually hang out with, uh, Mike and Matt a lot, uh, from the deers and then from Tokyo gas. Um, but, I mean, I met a few guys. Vok uh, from Tokyo Gas, the quarterback, which I guess this will air after we play him. But we're uh, we don't know why he hasn't played yet. Um, didn't see him on the roster, so we're thinking maybe he comes out this week against us. Um, yeah, I talked to Obic. This is actually crazy. When I talked to Obic after the game, talked to those guys, and they're like, "Yeah, our tight end was good to go week one, but we didn't want to waste them." Uh, so y'all had tape on them, so we saved them for you guys week two. And I was like, "Well, <laughs> it did it did completely change our game plan." Once we saw we saw him take one warm up breath, and we we're like, "Oh, he's just you know what I'm saying showing." Yeah. And then he comes out, and we're like, "All right, well, everything we had planned is uh kind of dust in the water." It's but it's yeah, I
2: mean, those when there are so few games, right? It's yeah, exactly. You, you have, you, it's almost sumo esque. There's no time to recover, you know. <laughs> you gotta, mm-hmm. but uh. You have Silver Star this weekend, is this? No, Creators.
1: Yeah, we have, uh, guests. We have, we have guests. Creators,
2: yeah. So.
0: And you said you guys are be you'll be playing Dentsu, I forget when. Two weeks. Well, two weeks, weeks. That's Three right. Weeks. Yeah. The so next game get, after this one. You'll get to you'll get to meet uh, our buddy Aaron Ellis up close yeah, so and personal in the back. We field.
1: uh we met. I actually <laughs> met Aaron. Uh, I think it was a month after I got here. We uh we went to shoot pool with him. He had uh hit up Kurt to, like, uh, hang out or whatever, and Kurt invited us. So we had shot pool in, uh, I want to say Shibuya. We yeah. uh, went and shot pool one night and then uh, had dinner and whatnot. So I had met him through that. Cool. It, cool. it is
2: uh, because yeah. it's such a a small world, the football world here, and, you know, there's, yeah. there's so, so few Americans, and all the teams are geographically fairly close, or, like, within two groups anyway, like, you know, the Kansai mm-hmm. In the Tokyo area so it is probably a unique feature that you have all the guys from the different teams hanging out um, yeah it's
1: it's strange compared to like in the U.S. and Germany and whatnot it's like you don't even really associate with those guys yeah and here it's like it's you can't really talk to many people so you get the chance right. to talk to another American right. and have somebody to share experiences with it's uh but it's good I mean I like it when we're on the field we're not friends but afterwards we can be friends and get a beer and chop it up and whatnot
2: yeah, there's a lot of stuff that can be shared, and if you watch uh, Mr. Baseball, the Greg is going to probably hammer that one. The to Tom Selleck. Movie. No, I'm
0: I'm handing that one off to you yeah. tonight. Uh, you know, that's,
2: that one is uh, like a, a, a what you call it, an orientation video for Japan. I, you should watch that. That's it. It. I mean, it's a different sport, but it there's going to be so much it, stuff that's relevant yeah, it, to your, your life. You know, there's okay. a couple of things like that. Like there's a books as well that were based on called You Gotta Have War about the Americans coming over playing baseball in Japan. So the, the same kind of thing goes on with all the players on the different teams and like, you know, giving each other advice and, you know, like yeah. Japan and stuff. So there's a kind of a brotherhood of, of players. It's it's a small elite kind of world. Um, but it's good. It's good that you've... Uh... So what about, like we'll say, off the field then? That's probably the last thing that we finish on. What are you looking forward to most over the next few months in Japan off the field?
1: Yeah, I love traveling. Obviously, I came here um, after my season in Finland. I actually backpacked Europe for two and a half weeks by myself. And it was my first time like really traveling and I loved it. But me and the guys, we try and do something once a week. So like Wednesdays usually are like, I wouldn't say event day, but we try and go somewhere or see something that we haven't seen yet. Um, We haven't been many places yet just because, We've kind of, like, been figuring out how things are, how the schedule is. Um, right. We were going to hike Mount Fuji, but we waited too long, and yeah. it got closed. So we're, uh, we were going to go to uh, Teamworks, the, like, 3D Immersal Art Place last week. And uh, we went to leave for it, and uh, Chris was like, uh, oh, the tickets are sold out. And I was like, well, thank God we didn't go all the way there. Because it's, uh, it's, like, two hours away from where we live. So we try and plan, like, a week trip uh, every day. Well, not every day. We try and plan a trip once a week just to do something, see the country. And, uh, yeah, I just want to see as much of Japan and travel as much as I can uh, while I'm here. I'm planning on – I'm trying to get Kurt to come with me. Kurt said he probably would. But after the season, I'll probably do a two-, three-week backpacking trip through, like, I'll probably start in Okinawa and then hit Southeast Asia and – come back to tokyo before i fly back home
2: nice that's nice and uh you said your parents are coming out for the Densu game yeah uh, uh, that'd be around your 25th birthday wouldn't it
1: yeah it's the week before
2: okay that'd be nice yep that's nice
1: yeah so I'll, hopefully i'll get the, uh buy me some stuff while i'm out here that i need uh try and ring my dad's pockets as much as i can <laughs> for some uh birthday gifts my mom well, the dollar
0: the do- the dollar's really strong, so they' they should be good to go.
1: yeah, my dad's a hell of a bargainer too. He might go in somewhere and get it for cheaper than it's worth in the, uh Don Quixote. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be good. So I think that's about it. Greg, do you have anything else? Do we yeah do anything? Uh...
0: before we wrap it up, Colby, um tell everybody where they can find you, how they can see your videos, um just to let you know. Your channel is now on our YouTube channel. I, 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 I there's you pop up our YouTube, our YouTube channel. You're the, uh you, you, you moved BJ off the front page. How about that? You, <laughs> I hope he doesn't have a problem with it. Yeah, he won't. He won't. He, seem, he huh? seems a
1: little wild. I don't want to have to go toe to toe with him yet. I need, a, I need a couple weeks in Japan, well, a couple more months, I mean, before I go toe to toe with him, but I'll give him a round for his money. But I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, but where where can everybody find you? Where can I um we I know you have your your YouTube page, which we're gonna put in the uh, the notes of the show. But where else mm-hmm. can they find you?
1: Yeah, so uh, all my socials are actually uh, Colby underscore C four. Uh, so you can find me Instagram, Twitter uh, on there, Facebook's Colby Campbell, and then like you said, the uh, YouTube will be down below, and that's Colby Campbell C four. So. I try and keep it as simple as possible, uniform as possible. So you don't have to search for me too much, but uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. And I'd love to hear from anybody that has questions, you know, reach out to me about anything. We were making jokes about guys trying to get to Japan and whatnot. But I mean, I love talking to guys, uh, you know, networking. It means a lot nowadays. A lot of times it's like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that's what got me here is Kurt needed somebody and I ended up meeting him and you know, maybe one day if you guys reach out to me, we need a guy, we can reach out. And, yeah.
2: Well, I give you an opportunity now. So, name a player that you think would do well here that you've played with in, in Europe.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, first guy that comes to mind is the safety I played with in Munich, uh, Kevin Ransom. He uh, he just signed with the IFL. He's playing with the Greenbla- Green Bay Blizzard. He played IFL before he came to Europe and was one of the best DBs in the league. Um, but, yeah, I think. He'd be a hell of a guy to play here. He came. He was a D two All American, fast, linky guy, really strong and works hard. And he loves anime, so he'd be great for here.
2: <laughs> well, uh, Khalil Mack got six sacks the other night. I hope you can get one before the end of the season. Um... Fingers
1: crossed, brother. Fingers <laughs> crossed.
2: <laughs> that that would be your that'll that'll probably seal your your MVP thing if you yeah. can get for a sack by the end of the year. Uh, thanks. At everybody. least half a sack. At least half a sack, yeah. I think by thirds, maybe they, they divide them up by thirds. Um, it might be. So thanks a million, Colby, for talking to us. Uh, yeah, totally definitely. Colby Campbell, Nojima Sagami Hararise's impact linebacker, the Troy Polamalu, different position, but similar playing style uh, of Japan. So thanks a million for talking to us. Thank, Thank you. Yeah,
0: very I really much. appreciate it. Oh, Thank you very much, me. Colby. <laughs> and bef- before we let everybody go, just to let everybody uh, who's listening know, we have a new website. It's gridironjapan.jp. And you can still go to our old website, gridironjapan.net. It's going to go to the same place. But as Colby, we were talking earlier about how to reach it, um, about you know, reaching out to people um, from our website. You can You can now reach us. If you go to the bottom of the page, send us a direct message. We also we're up on YouTube at GridironJapanTV.net, and you can access our web access. Um, sorry, you can access the podcast pretty much just by typing in Gridiron Japan in Google or any search engine, and it'll be the first one that pops up. And before I, I got a mouthful here. So John, before I wrap everything up, um, real quickly, how people can find you.
2: If you want to find me, they'll probably find me this weekend at the Sumo World Championships. So there's teams coming from all around the world. So I think there's like 28, 29 countries sending their teams. So that's where I'm going to be this weekend in Tokyo. It's back in Tokyo for the first time in 25 years. So maybe the U.S. can get a medal for the first time since 25 years ago. Um, But yeah, they can find me. Yeah, just Google John Gunning and, and Sumo and you'll find me somewhere, you know. Okay. Uh, and also, too, before I
0: let everybody go. We're also on Facebook now. We've got our own Facebook page, so you can message us there. So with that said, speaking on behalf of John, Colby, and myself, and BJ, we know you're out there listening somewhere. You're getting home late for practice, probably, or you're still at practice. Um, Hey, thank you very much for tuning in to Gridiron Japan, and we're going to be talking to you very, very soon. Bye-bye.